It's a radical thing in today's culture for a young man to reject what the culture tells him will make him happy in favor of what God is showing him will truly make him happy. These are the honest conversations of the men discerning the priesthood in the Diocese of Nashville, seminarians learning what it means to follow Christ's call. You're going to have to interact with the people and you're going to have to knock on their door and be like, hey, like, I haven't seen you in a while. Are you okay? Everything's going on. Dealing with the challenges. Sometimes I was like, boy, I wish I would have paid more attention in that class. <laughs> I'd be able to answer this question a little bit better. Let me get back to you. Finding the beauty. At least for us in our seminarian time, um, we have to do papers. We have to do all these things, but always uh, create some times where you're going to spend time with the Lord. This is the Nash Vocations Podcast. Adapted for Nashville Catholic Radio. All right, so like, um, so you mentioned like how like there was this conflict like of um, uh, like uh, being like uh, faithfully Catholic as far as like you're counseling to people, but also having to kind of um, be in a position in which you can say like, well, you have to offer up both kind of things. So that was like a fear of yours, right? That you you would be placed in that situation in which, like, um, you was going to have to offer kind of a an option that's for Catholic teaching and something that's against Catholic teaching. So it was. So would you describe it as a fear that you had? Yeah, I mean, we can categorize that as a fear, especially since, uh, yeah, that was one of the things that I work with, especially families, um, families and children, and I think that was one of the issues that. I might come across. Yeah. Alright, I've got a question. Uh, have you guys just been talking about the fears so far? No, no, we just bounced to different ones and I was just finding like some avenues. Okay. Like, just um, talking. Why don't, let's, let's start off with a lighter conversation. Doesn't necessarily have to be about fears. To you. Just like, just I mean, just catching up with each other, sort of. Okay. Gets yeah, I mean, that's how we started. Anyway, like, well, I, I wasn't here for that part. Uh, <laughs> and plus, this is Michael's down, so I don't know if what all you guys have recorded. Um, so, like, uh, bounce out of that conversation into something a little bit more lighter. All right, like, uh, so. I don't know, what are some of the things that you, like, especially you, because I don't know you as much, like, what, what are some of the things you do for, like, fun? What are some of your hobbies and stuff, your interests? Uh, yeah, so um, I'm really big into the outdoors, hunting, fishing, camping, etc. cetera. Uh, one of the things that I've actually enjoyed immensely since moving to Middle Tennessee, so right now I'm living at St. John Vianney, um, which is right by Old Hickory Lake, so I'm, when the weather's permitting, I try to be on the water, you know, once or twice a week at least. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I was out last night, but uh, it got below freezing, so I, I came in empty-handed. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I mean, now that you're a big, you're a big outdoorsman. Like, you would really like, um, if only you was with us a couple of years ago, with like Father Mark Simpson and stuff. Yeah, no. Yeah, so I've met, I've met oh, Father Mark yeah. Simpson and uh, and Father Forsyth yeah. is at oh. uh, is at yeah. St. John Vianney. So, so yeah, those oh, two, true. they're yeah. great. You know, yeah. Father Forsyth is taking me out on his boat uh, mm-hmm. already which is just awesome you know it's a it's a very warm welcome and i, I really do enjoy it mm-hmm. good all right like in but in either y'all two like a uh, big outdoorsmen or anything like that doing anything outside well i mean like we grew up camping like multiple times a year in my family back in kentucky but i mean i have to put a little asterisk by it when i say camping i mean we would go up into the woods and eat hostess cakes where nobody could see us for about mm-hmm. 12 hours straight yeah uh you know cook some hot dogs 
usually the sockum like what is it the little blow up fit uh sockum boppers or whatever yeah sockum boppers sockum boppers yeah we get even get my grandpa out there fighting with those like it just turns into like this battle royale over the hostess so yeah 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 Uh, what about you nope like nope no big outdoors person big outdoors person did you ever kind of like have you ever went fishing or anything like that? Is there like, if there was one out, outdoor activity that you would like to do, what what would that be the activity? Going back home from an outdoors activity. Mm-hmm. Going back home. <laughs> yeah. Like like um, okay, what's one thing you like to do indoors? Um, I can say reading or video games. Yeah, how'd you ever like uh, about? Have you ever read a book outside? I have, yeah. Hey, yeah. Mm. Hey, explore that. Explore that. What, what, what was when was the last time you read a book outside, and what book was it? That I don't remember. I don't remember. Nah. Um, outside. Let's see. It was probably at the seminary. At the seminary. Oh, yeah. I uh, think that's when I started going more outside to read. Outside. Hmm. Yeah, like uh, well, for me, like I don't know. I mean, I didn't grow. I didn't grow up. Being outside like you did, like mm-hmm. and like I think probably you did as well. Like being outside and like I didn't actually go fishing until I was actually an adult mm-hmm. and stuff for the first time. And so, like I mean, I wish there was one thing I could have done a little bit more. But but whenever I did go outside, it was more so playing sports and everything, and and I was on field trips and everything. And so that like that that that's to to my extent uh, that I've gone outside. Um, uh, as far as like my own hobbies and stuff that I like to do, um, yeah, one of those is sports and stuff. So play football and soccer, um, like uh, especially my more fit days and stuff. I played like uh, back in high school. Yeah, I was, playing, was on the football team and everything, and I was a defensive lineman and everything. And so, um, um, did you play any? Any y'all play any sports in high school? I uh, I was on the track and field team for two years in high school. Um, a lot of people assume that I played basketball, but I did not. Um, so yeah, but with track and field, I did the long triple and high jump, so I was still, you know, putting these these legs to good use. Um, yeah, and it was a lot of fun, you know. Um, springtime sports, you know, the weather's getting nicer, you're outside. Um, it's not as serious or competitive as like football or basketball is sometimes, so it really was more um, just kind of hanging out, having fun, uh, occasionally having practice. But uh, I think that's what I enjoyed the most about it was it's competitive, but not to the point that it's cutthroat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. When I was in uh, when I was in high school, um, so I was more in like more band, marching band, side uh, sideline ensemble, pit for the win. You know, um, I will say though, my senior year, I was on the tennis team because uh, you know every year my I was cousins with the coaches. And every year they would say, Josh, you got to come play tennis with us. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Maybe next year. And then, you know, year after year comes by and it's, it's my senior year. And they're like, you don't have a next year. You've promised. You have, you have to come. So I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll, I'll come play tennis. And I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I wasn't expecting it. I thought I was like, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll do this guilt trip. I'll go play tennis. And then it actually turned into a lot of fun. And, uh, and at, the end, at the end of the year, they, they did like this acknowledgement of student athletes. And, you know, I'm sitting there waiting, waiting for them to get done so we can move on to the next thing. And they call my name. I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I don't do. Oh wait, tennis is a sport. Oh look at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like so, uh, 
What about you? You play any sports or really extracurricular activities? I mean, I, I actually did. Now that Good. I think about it, um, I did play tennis. Um, right, that's a sport, apparently. All right. Yeah, so apparently, apparently it's yeah. a sport. Um, I did play for three years during high school. Um, I almost went to college with a full ride scholarship, oh, wow. but didn't fill up the application. <laughs> So, you know, that happens. Um, but, I mean, I did enjoy it. Um, I did not play basketball. I'm with I, I, you. Yep. Yes. I get that question all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyone over six foot, they're like, oh, you must have played basketball. No. No, yeah. I didn't. It feels great not being the only one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, you, you, I heard you say you were 6'6". Six, six, I'm 6'6", okay. six, six, yeah. Wow. Yeah. How tall are you? 6'5". 6'5". 6'5". How tall are you? <clears throat> My license says 6'1". Uh, I think that was kind of accurate. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> Six seven, by the way. Not nah, <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I think I'm probably like five foot ten, five foot eleven, maybe, <laughs> like something like that. I don't know. And so, like, uh, what else? how long have we been talking? Like, should we kind of move to move the topic? topic. Nah, uh-huh. again. All right, so let's find a nice segue into it. All right, so like. Um, so we mentioned all of us has played some type of sport and everything, and uh, and we know like especially if we go back to that first time that we kind of first joined the team and something like that was was there any like fear that, like that um, like going back to that very first game like. Anybody feel like I got nervous or anything like that? Experienced that type of situation? Like nervous before going out for that first game or you get the butterflies or something like that? I would certainly yeah. say so. I mean, like in my case, um, like, like I said, I was I, I was my senior year before I even started playing high school tennis. Um, and so by the time I get out there, like everyone else has been on the team this whole time. And like I, I just I'm just kind of like at least that first time I'm just kind of there because I'm like well I need to I've got to keep my word to these cousins of mine so you know I've been practicing for several weeks and then I get out there and it hits me like they've paired me off with another senior who's been doing this for a while and I'm like maybe you know maybe God's going to swoop in and save the day but maybe uh, maybe I'm about to be shown up as as a a, a baby tennis player so I, I still remember just like my heart racing and I'm freaking out like oh gosh what's about to happen here there are people standing on the sides. They're going to see whatever happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm on same way as well. I mean, just uh, starting to play tennis, and then um, spring hits, and that's when all the matches start going against against other schools. And the first thought when I when my first match was like, "Am I going to remember how to hit this ball?" <laughs> like that was my fir- first fear on mm-hmm. tennis. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. I didn't experience it so much with track and field because, again, it was kind of a much more casual um, sport in high school. But I also did theater at the same time, um, and theater is terrifying mm. in, in my experience. You know, you, you practice for for weeks, months on end, and you got all these lines, and, and you get to dress rehearsal, and you're like, all right, I got this. Like, here we go. And, and the curtains open up on the first night, and you're like, wow, there's a lot of people looking at me right now. Um what's my line, you know? And so, and you, you do four or five productions and stuff, and the first one's really tense, and then you get through it, and you're like, all right, I did it, like, we're good. And you get to the second one, and then you're still nervous, or at least I was still nervous. I was like, wait a second, like, we didn't have any problems last night. Why am I still nervous, you know, tonight? Um, 
And so, yeah, like in my experience with, with theater, like it would happen every year where, you know, production night, super nervous, and then each night after that, less and less nervous, you know, less less stage fright, um, as we say. Yeah. yeah, and so that kind of segues into our topic for, like, uh, um, like this episode of the podcast. And so, again, my name is Justin Farr, by the way, and uh, you've been listening to uh, Joe Henderer. He just got through speaking. Um, again, um, but let's go around the table. So, Justin Farr, your host, is going to be leading you through this, uh, this episode. We have Joe and who? Uh, Josh Bertram. Mm, Josh and? David Herrera. Her- David Herrera. And uh, Josh, say your name. Sorry. Yeah. So I'm uh, Joe Hainer, guest on the show, and uh, enjoying it so far. All right. Good, good, good. And so and so, as we've led into this conversation about fears and doubts, about, I like, there's a, there's a good connection in regards to what you said about, like, uh, theater and, um, like, and that, that experience of, and how that, that very first time it was frightening but then the more like the 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 more times that you did it it got better it got less frightening and, and you know like part of that fear part of that fear that was there was definitely a, like a, a self-doubt that's there oh absolutely um there there certainly is that level of self-doubt and then i would say right next to it um is that fear of of judgment? You know, like if I if I botch this line, like everyone's gonna laugh at me, or my friends are gonna make fun of me at school tomorrow, or my parents, you know, on the drive home, they're gonna be like, "Well, well you kind of really messed up tonight, Joe." Like, <laughs> you know, so so there's that there's that self doubt, and and intermingled with that is that is that fear of of judgment and stuff. Um, and shockingly, I think one of the things that that helps eliminate that fear of judgment is actually messing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've dropped more lines than than I probably have ever said in a theater production, and no one's ever said a word about it. Mm. You know, so so that 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 objective failure of dropping a line and realizing that nobody noticed or those that did notice didn't care and they don't think any less of you is a huge lesson to learn and a huge benefit mm-hmm. um, towards you know continuing to, to to be with theater or whatever endeavor you're you're pursuing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a great point to mention because, like, now we talk about um, seminary and priesthood and formation and and the type of guys that the church is looking for and the type of guys that God calls to uh, the priesthood, God calls to, uh, like, to seminary. And then God will, he calls them further on the priesthood. And that, that lets us know that, I mean, like, God, like, the type of, per- like, when God calls somebody, like, God does not call the perfect to the seminary, does he? He calls like guys like you and me, guys who me- guys who me- who have messed up before, and so and will probably mess up again. Mm-hmm. And like and they may th- think about when they go- come to seminary to make that decision to enter seminary. They may think that they maybe have messing up somehow in their life or they like especially if they had some type of career and they've been relatively successful and so that like that kind of starts off in our first kind of question of um if a man is approaching the the proposition of entering seminary and he experiences a type of fright of the type of fear and doubt kind of over over overtakes him um what if, like in speaking, like if I'm if I'm if I'm a seminarian, 
like uh, like that's uh, going in, entering into seminary for the first time. What if I'm scared of entering seminary? Like, like what, what, what would you say to me if I come to you, Father, or like a uh, Father Joe in the future? Like, and it's like, like, like I think God may be calling me to a priesthood, but God called call me to seminary. But I'm kind of scared to go. Is is that okay? What, what would you say to him? Yeah, I think one of the biggest misnomers when it comes to entering seminary or discernment or stuff like that is sometimes guys can get this notion that the purpose of seminary is to find the perfect candidates and weed out everyone else. You know, like, well, you know, this guy, this guy tends to oversleep, kick him out. We're like, oh, this guy, you know, his grades aren't so good, kick him out. Whereas the, the reality of the matter is, and brothers, correct me if I'm wrong, um, seminary really is, is the forum it's the it's the medium by which men open themselves up to Christ and his church and are formed into into what a priest should be they conform themselves to the heart of Christ there is no um, single mold for 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 a priest um, it really comes down to each person and whether or not they're willing and open to the journey and the growth that the Lord is calling them to and um, and, and taking that step with the assistance of their formators and their diocese and the church and things like that. Um, so, yeah, again, to, to repeat, you know, I, I think it's really important to know that seminary isn't just like this giant filter for, all right, I mean, these are, you know, these guys are said to be priests. They're perfect and you know, just filter out the rest. Yeah, <clears throat> perfect. I think also in that vein, um, as far as like the fear of going to seminary, I mean, well, first off, I think that's universal. I don't think anyone's ever just woke, woken up and said, yep, today's the day, I'm gonna be a seminarian. Um, <laughs> I think it, it's usually like this interior struggle and this interior fight. Um, but something really important to remember is that not, not only is seminary not about filtering out the bad people that can't be priests, it's about, uh, you know, because like you go in and then you're open to this formation process, but it's also a discernment process. Uh, the point is that you're becoming a good man, you're becoming a good Catholic. Um, along the way, as you develop your prayer life, you may find that God is definitely calling you to be a priest and you continue in this formation program and you continue to live this life, kind of practicing this life until the, the day comes that, the, until the day comes that God through the bishop calls you to be a priest. Or maybe you go in there and you become a good Catholic man and you realize, nope, this is not for me. This is not what God is calling me calling me to. But um, the thing is, it's it's win-win. I mean, either way, you go in, you get closer, you, you get the tools necessary to help you be a good Catholic man, to help you on the path to holiness. Mm -hmm. And you, you're you given this, this freedom from uh, a lot of the worldly cares, not that they go away entirely, but a certain distance from them to kind of stop and breathe and spend the next several years, or as many years as you need, saying, okay, yes, yes, I do think God has made me to become a saint this way, or, you know what, I think my path to holiness might be in a monastery, or might be as a husband with, with a wife and kids and doing the daily grind. But either way, it's win-win for you. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree, agree with them. And um, for me especially, entering first-time seminary, I think being scared was part of entering seminary. I mean, I don't think we should take away that part because, I mean, we're changing our lives from the moment you become a seminarian, from the moment you go into seminary. I think that's scary, like, changing your life from just living out there to changing your life to 
um, entering seminary, I think that's that's the scary part. And I think it's something that you have to deal with and you have to tell yourself, it's okay, you're, you're totally changing your life. Yeah, yeah and uh, I think you've all made some very good points. And one of the um, types of fears that, forms of fear that a seminary may have is, is the one that immediately comes to mind when you're dealing with a, a man who is in, in the Latin Rite. So he's not one of the Eastern Rites. He's in the Latin Rite. And so he knows when it comes to the vocation of priesthood in the Latin Rite, Celibacy is a must. Celibacy is a essential part of being a Latin Rite priest. Uh, so, of course, there's there's always ex- like um, the exceptions of like those who are part of like the pastoral provision. But those are like guys who were ministers in other pr- Protestant um, like denominations, and they converted over and stuff. But that's a whole nother discussion, right there. But but the vast majority of men, especially young men going into it, will will, ha- will face this question of celibacy. And one and an example of a fear they may have. In regards to celibacy is the desire to have a family. So I pose this next question to you. uh, Like, uh, what if a man wants to have a family, but he experiences this potential call to being to go to seminary and maybe become a priest? Yeah, I think I think that's um, I mean, that's natural. I think in a certain in a certain sense, like by virtue of the fact that like, you know, like in, in terms of like what human nature is and who it is that God made the human person to be, um, every single person is naturally speaking made for marriage. Every man is meant to be a father. Um, the question is, how is God calling you to live that? Exactly. Um, and you know, I think like for myself, so I, I was in seminary for several years and then I took several years away um, and then you know spent that time teaching at a Catholic school here in Nashville. And then this year chose to return to seminary. Um, and, you know, like, I think, like, I had already kind of had, had to go through this process of, you know, can I, can I stomach the idea of celibacy, um, you know? And then I'm glad to say, you know, I started off with can I stomach this idea to, like, over the years, it turning more into, no, this isn't something I have to just put up with. This, this is actually a, this, this could be a gift if this is what I'm called to. Um, you know, and then I left seminary, and I'm working with kids, and I'm around kids of all ages. I was teaching junior high students, but I had... Uh, the, the different roles I've fulfilled in the school. I was around everything from the pre-K kids through eighth grade. I was around uh, through, through like alumni coming back or working with the church. I was around high schoolers. I mean, like I was around kids and families and parents and I was getting to see all of this and it was so extremely appealing to me, very enticing. I was like, man, I, this is what I want to do with my, my life. I, I, I love this. And then when, uh, you know, Corona tide, as I call it, hit, and then suddenly I, people are coming to me, like friends saying, hey, you know, I, I need help. Can you, while you're teaching online, can you uh, watch my kids? I'm like, yeah, sure. So, you know, I jokingly call it my, my free trial of parenthood. Um, and what's, what's interesting is that in the midst of all of that, I still found myself, like, no matter how much I loved all of this, like I loved working with kids, I loved taking care of these family friends and such, I still couldn't shake the idea that, man, I, there, I, like, there's just like nagging in my heart, like, man, I really want to go back to seminary. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would uh, I would agree with pretty much everything there. Um, it reminds me of, you know, babysitting my sister's kids. She's got five kids, and uh, I love them to death. They're great, you know. Um, 
I can usually handle maybe six to eight hours of watching them, and then uh, and then you know I'm like, you know what, celibacy really is a gift. <laughs> this is like again, you know, and I work with I work with a lot of youths um, it was all around together. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I work with a lot of youths around uh, around the the parish that I'm assigned to right now, and and I have a, a history of uh, working with other youth groups and, and young kids and stuff, and it's it's awesome. I love it. You know, being able to have an impact and and be a part of of the lives and upbringing of kids is spectacular um and there is that natural longing to to have a family of your own but there's um at least for me there's also a recognition that that there that the lord is very possibly calling me to to something else something different not necessarily better or worse but but different and something that that um is more attuned to my um, unique capacities that the Lord has given me. This has been an adaptation of the Nash Vocations podcast for Nashville Catholic Radio in conjunction with the Vocations Office of the Diocese of Nashville. Shining the light of our Catholic faith in everyday life. This is Nashville Catholic Radio, 100.5 FM and streaming at nashvillecr.com. This is Nashville Catholic Radio. We broadcast at 100.5 FM here in Nashville. We are a low-power radio station. While God's message is powerful, our signal is not. So if you don't live with inside this small radius of our radio broadcast, you can always stream us at NashvilleCR.com. But you're not always in front of your computer. So that's why we have the Nashville Catholic Radio app. The Nashville Catholic Radio app is available for both Apple and Android phones. So wherever you are, Nashville Catholic Radio is in the palm of your hand. And when you connect your phone to your car's audio system, you've got us driving wherever you go. You can listen to us anywhere in the world. We've become a very powerful radio station this way, and we've made it easier for you to listen. The Nashville Catholic Radio app is free, and once you download it and put it right there on your first home screen, you'll be able to listen anytime, day or night. You can look at our schedule of programs. You can listen to old broadcasts of the Nashville programs that we make here at Nashville Catholic Radio. There's helpful guides for your prayer life. Get to know the personalities that you hear. And you know we made it easy for you to donate as a sustaining sponsor of National Catholic Radio right through the app. So go to the App Store or Google Play right there on your phone and download the Nashville Catholic Radio app today. basketball court all wet because the players kept dribbling on it <laughs> the dad joke corny grown worthy but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids what did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school bye son <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh because dad jokes rule make your kid laugh today go to fatherhood.gov brought to you by the u.s department of health and human services and the ad council